This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Subby. Hey, hey, another win, another win. Roscoe of Leafs Late Night is back with the Beaner, giving Steph the night off, and Suddy's working. First, he's dealing with internet issues. Now he's working, so, uh, you know, life happens. We'll bring him back eventually. I promise he's still part of the show. Um, so, Leafs in Washington. After a crazy 10-7 game, uh, the Leafs pull out a 5-3 win over the Washington Capitals in Washington, which is always nice to see. Uh, Beaner, what was your favorite part of the game? Um, I'm probably going to just come right out and say they're, they're a little bit of nastiness in the, the fight they put up, right? They didn't just back down when Hathaway and Wilson started getting chippy. They started going back at them. Even, I don't know if you guys caught it after, um, after Hathaway ran Riley there, Matthews damn near broke his stick over Hathaway's elbow as he was skating away. So. Yeah, after getting beat up on by Calgary, it was kind of, uh, you hope that the same thing didn't happen here because Washington can come out the same way. I mean, they doubled the Leafs' hits, so they they came out swinging. But uh, I think we got someone else to feature here. We got a special guest after a long time away from the pod. We got to bring him back. So thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Darty Broder. It's your boy, Darty B, live. And I guess we're not in Technicolor, but... You know, Bean's got a really award-winning smile on right now. You can tell the Leafs won, so <laughs> if you could see it, uh, you know, I can, you can hear our, our beautiful voices, but if you can see Bean smile right now, you would you would feel just as positive and happy as we all do because the Leafs freaking won, baby. And it wasn't pretty, but, you know, I'm sure as I always say, we can all agree that a win is a freaking win. Right, boys? Win is a Absolutely. win is a win. So let's start it off. We'll just quickly recap the game. Uh, Michael Bunting. Oh, my gosh. I was watching the Washington feed. They were talking about how this guy's probably the biggest steal of a contract in the entire league. And just like that, he scores and uh, 41 points. And if anybody wasn't counting, uh, Hyman's best season with Toronto was 41 points. So uh, Michael Bunting, baby. Let's go. Yep. Loved Hyman. Uh, great person. Loved him the entire time he was with the team, but I'm, I'm not regretting the bunting decision. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm sure bunting won't be doing nearly as many Sokoloff lawyers commercials. You know, I enjoy listening to those on my ride home. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the Fan 590. But uh, the boys were hunting and Michael was bunting. And okay, just, oh. as a, just as a preface to all of you, to everybody here. So I obviously haven't been on the show in a while and uh, I'm cheap AF. So I didn't get to see the Leafs game today. I did listen to it, though. Thank you very much, SiriusXM. Shout out to them. So in lieu of watching the game and listening to Joe Bowen's beautiful voice, I um, went through some highlights from the previous games, and I was talking to Bean earlier, and looking at some of the mistakes and some of the positive things that the Leafs have made just over the past five games, the one thing I just wanted, you know, just shout out to everybody, Michael Bunting is a fucking legend, okay? And, no kidding. And the bum line, as I like to call it, I know it's not a great name, but you know, they got their big butts out there. Okay. Bunting is just like, he is really benefiting from being with Marner and Matthews. And I feel like those boys, like they just seem bigger out there than like, correct me if I'm wrong, but they just look big now. And it's not like about size or anything. They just, they, they're out there and they command, they have a commanding presence. That's it. 
Yeah, they're not just dangerous offensively when they have the puck. When the other team has the puck, they're all stealing it right off their sticks. They're not even letting it leave the zone if they turn it over. It's great. And it's also nice that Matthews and Marner both trust that Bunting can score, that they'll both feed him the puck when he's open like that. You know, he's not just the the accessory to that line. He's just as dangerous as he's shown as the rest of them are. Yeah, as much as everybody says, oh, you know, he's just getting all these points and he's just playing this well because of who he's playing with. Well, that's not always the case. We've seen it many, many times. We saw it for, what, a decade with Sundin? You yeah. can't just throw anybody with a good player and have success. Edmonton's had trouble finding that piece for uh, for McDavid this whole time. So, Yep. Maybe it's Hyman. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Sokoloff lawyers. Got to so, get him uh, off that fourth line. Yeah, not too long after that, um, Connor Sheary ties it up at one. Off a really nice tip. I got to give it to him. Uh, I mean, Morazic played a great game. He had no chance on that one. It was just tipped going wide of the net, right to the corner. 1-1. Uh, but uh, William Nylander, this is another thing that we've been talking about. The Leafs have been good at, at responding, answering quickly. So this is within three minutes of uh, the Connor Sheary goal. Nylander with a beautiful five-hole for his 21st of the season. And again, an assist from John Tavares, but no goal. Like it's, it's one of those things. If anybody else had, what is it? 10 assists in 11 games or something that he's got right now. Um, they would be talking about it positively, but because John Tavares isn't scoring Toronto's saying something's wrong here. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, we, we touched on it a little bit, a couple episodes ago that it'd be different if he wasn't engaged he wasn't doing anything if you didn't see like a normally you know poised Tavares who you don't normally see a lot of emotion out of we're seeing a lot of it right now because he's frustrated oh yeah like it's almost to the point that it's it's humorous now right (laughs) like kind of like the Marner what was it 101 games without a power play goal or something like that like and then he blew it wide open yeah it's only a matter of time like look he hit the the far post slash crossbar. I kind of think it was right in the corner there towards the end of the game. Like he's been all over the place. He just, he can't catch a break. Yeah. They said on the Washington when he clipped the inside of the post, but I'm with you. I'm not sure really where it hit. And then uh, he leaned into that one from the point too. Like he's just trying from everywhere. It's so frustrating to watch because you know, he's just cringing on the inside every time he doesn't score. He's having his happy Gilmore moment where there's just got to be somebody out there in the stands. Just like you will not make this shot. Jackass. (laughs) Jackass. <laughs> but you know what? He's getting angrier and angrier. And uh, you know what? If he never scores another goal the rest of this regular season, the only goal he does need to score is in the last minute of game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. I'll tell you that right now. If, if he doesn't score another one, at least like, you know, if he plays well in the, in the playoffs, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy's got 32 assists. It's not like he's not contributing to this team. <laughs> Kerfoot's got 30 and uh, yeah, Nylander's 21st goal. So that line, even when they're slumping, they're still that between the three of them, that's what 60, 83 points. So that's pretty good. And what do you want? Also, you got a yeah. haul oh, goal tonight. Oh, darn. You got a haul. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with 1.6 seconds left, Justin Hall scores. Beautiful. Like Hall was amazing offensively tonight. I mean, defense was good in the first period, but man, Hall was all over the place. I loved it. Cherry picking. And th- this is what we saw from Hall with the Marlies and when he first came up, right? Like this is some of the promise when he first came up and he wasn't sitting in the press box for 70 games. Yeah. He 
actually showed a lot of promise and he played with the confidence. And I, I don't know if it's because of the, because we all agreed that Muzzin wasn't really himself to start the year. So I don't know if it was that he was trying to do too much or think too much because he knew Muzzin wasn't 100% or if he just had his terrible play from the playoffs come back to bite him and just get in his head. But he has looked better since his healthy scratches, that's for sure. Yeah, and playing with Brody has been a, a massive plus for him, especially having somebody cover whatever defensive blunders happen. It, it really lets Hall play offensively, which, I mean, when you put him with Muzzin, they were supposed to just shut everybody down, and maybe that just wasn't the best use of Justin Hall. Like, maybe we weren't giving him enough credit for just being placed in the wrong role. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, another thing that they mentioned on the Washington broadcast was the Leafs are one of three teams, along with Florida and I believe it was Colorado, that have six or more players with more than 40 points. And we're just over halfway through the season. That's insane. Yeah, it is. Uh, Okay, so unfortunately, the uh, uh, officiating was absolutely garbage here in this game. (laughs) Um, There was like, what is this? Uh, Four, eight, nine penalties in this game. So stupid. So Pierre Engvall gets uh, two for tripping Tom Wilson, which like on the replay, even the Washington broadcast was saying this, like Wilson was already falling <laughs> before before Engvall's stick came anywhere near his feet. That was just an awful, awful call. He wasn't even trying to sell course, it, too. That's the best part. He's just, he's just a big fucking lumbering, you know, tower falling over and like, oh, we got to give it to him. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, if Michael Bunting gets fined 2000 for embellishment for his thing the other day, they should give it to Wilson. I mean, it wasn't even embellishment. He just fell. But, like, mm-hmm. they gave a penalty, so it shouldn't have been. Anyway, and, of course, Wilson scores it to make it 3-2 because that's the kind of night the Leafs were having was whoever is going to haunt you is going to haunt you tonight. That that being said, though, what, what were they doing leaving Wilson wide open like that in the mm-hmm. slot, right? Yeah, and also... Um, What's his name? Ovi was wide open in his office, as they call Way it too as well, often. and he was able to he was able to feed it over to uh, to Wilson. Yeah, they were just leaving Ovechkin open. I don't understand why. It was like we scratch our heads when they leave Matthews in front of the net, but Ovi was like having a, a field day out there. Realistically, that's basically been every team that Ovi plays against for the last seventeen years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a topic of conversation all the time in any any radio show or any show you see like talk trying to talk about how he does it and how he scored so many goals and I don't know if it's just you take your chances yes he's got one one of if not the best shots of all time but if you can cover man-to-man on the other four right it, it's it's a catch-22 yeah I guess he puts himself in a place where he knows the defenseman has to take a risk to challenge him so it's are you gonna let me do it are you going to let me shoot or are you going to let me do everything other than shoot? Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I get it. Cause for him, that spot is just like a mini putt. All right. Like, yeah, there's a chance he, it might not go in, but you know, every single, how many, how, how many highlight reels do we have to watch of him? Just, just shooting dimes from that, that corner. Right. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but he didn't score tonight and neither did Matthews and neither did Marner. So, you know, sometimes that just happens. So everybody's saying, why is the first line the only one that can score? Well, Besides bunting, everybody else put it up tonight, and that's great. Well, that's okay. Technically, according to the score sheet, Matthews didn't get a shot on goal. Great. Love that for my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so Tom Wilson again shorthanded at the beginning of the third period scores. Uh, just a uh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. The only shorthanded goal scored on the Leafs this year. I do believe so. Yeah. Yeah, the Leafs also are tied for first with Vegas for most shorthanded goals in the league at eight. It's going to be great that Vegas has that nice stat and they still miss out on the playoffs. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> also to note, um, the Leafs chased uh, Ilya Samsonov from the net after the first period with that one point second second one point six second left goal. Wow, that was a mouthful from Justin Hall. They decided that was it for Samsonov, and Vitek Vanacek came in and didn't give one Hall- up until near the end of the third there. Yeah, Hall scores on you, and you got to pull your goalie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then, man, JT and Justin Hall with a beautiful play to set up Rasmus Sandin just to take the lead there with uh, just under four minutes left on the clock. What a play by the Sandman. Beaner's favorite. Yeah. My man, Sandman. It's his third of the year. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's been playing well for his, uh, we'll call this his first first season with the team. It's uh, It's been good. Yeah, I I love him. The, the confidence he shows with the puck, you wouldn't expect that he's only played the handful of games that he's played, right? Yeah, and I mean, Lilligren playing up with um, Morgan Riley has proved to be pretty good. I mean, you yeah. see him absolutely demolish Shiri into the, the uh, boards there. <laughs> it's amazing. There was no call or anything. He just went face first into it. I'm like, yes, finally. <laughs> and it looks like he's playing I mean, a lot of heart out there, too. Like I've, I said, I had to go watch and some of these highlights, uh, you know, reference uh, some of the games that I haven't been on for. And uh, saw Sandine's face a couple times in the, the flashbacks. And uh, he just looks like he's playing with a lot of heart. Like he, he wants to be out there, be engaged. So, yeah. And uh, the Swedes finished the night off. Pierre Engvall. Skates away, rides off into the sunset alone for an empty netter to finish it off at 5-3. We love to see it. Pierre Engvall's been really picking up since the break, eh? Yeah, this draft has wheels too. He was was flying tonight. Oh, yeah. And you see, he was getting right up at the refs complaining about calls. Like, this guy's got a new fire and I love it. Excuse me, I don't get any draft noises? I've missed a couple episodes and I don't get a draft noise? What the heck? (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I thought I teed it up nicely by mentioning it, but I guess not. Yeah, I don't know. I was just off my off my game there. Yeah, no. a big uh, a, a big pudos to referee TJ Luxmore tonight. Like, not that I would want to call out a ref too often, but my pudos. God, he was horrible. Yeah, there were some things that should have been calls that weren't, and things that shouldn't have been that were i mean wayne simmons should have got one near the end there man <laughs> that, was, that was pretty blatant but yeah it was like every call either washington was booing or keith was screaming it was like n- neither team agreed with it when you have it's not just you're favoring one team it's like both teams are against the refs like there's a problem yeah. here and it's been getting worse and worse throughout the season i i am not like i am looking forward to the playoffs obviously because i'm a diehard hockey fan and the playoffs are amazing but if this is the type of officiating we're going to be getting in the playoffs, like my, yeah, I'm going to be drinking a lot more. Yeah, because if they weren't <laughs> calling things, if they weren't calling things, I'd say, yeah, they're just trying to, you know, get everybody used to how they're going to do it in the playoffs. So it's not as much of a drastic shift that everyone complains about. 
But like I said tonight, there were nine penalties. I mean, that was on both sides. The Leafs had one, two, three, four, and the Caps had five. By the way, the Leafs' power play looked god-awful on that note. It wasn't their best effort. Yeah. No shots on the first two or three. Like, that was pretty bad. I don't know. Like, I get that they want to get JT out of his slump, but having him on that power play unit right now, like, it's... Uh, they got to move some things around when it's not working. And I feel like they do that with their main lines, but when it comes to the power play, it's just, it's same old, same old, even when it doesn't work. And I get it. They're number one in the league, but they don't perform like it every night. And it's, it's no, pretty glaring it's, when they don't. Yeah. It goes from crazy hot to freezer cold. Like there's no, there's real, really no in between. And like, yes, at least they are trying different things. Like Matthew started out in the bumper slot, but to me, that doesn't work. You don't like, you need the threat of his shot. You need someone like JT or Bunting or Nylander or Kerfoot in the bumper slot, right? You, you can't, not that Matthews isn't capable of doing it, but it's a lot more of a threat and a lot more to contemplate from the defenders and the goalie when he's on that, the sideboards with a shot. Cause he can, if he wants to go inside the slot, and dangle or anything like that he can just carry it in he doesn't have to be there to begin with right so yeah I think he it just seemed, take, takes options away he seemed uncomfortable in that position i don't think it was a good one i don't think we'll see him there again mm-hmm. uh so quick little twitter question um but 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 are we seeing 2021 hall come back is brody the key to rebooting his play that is from sarah at sarah thank you sarah um i hope I mean, so i hope yeah it needs to, because otherwise, two million dollars is uh, a lot to have somebody scratched. Yeah, like it, best case scenario, he comes back to how he was. Um, worst case scenario, he's upping his trade value. Fair enough, man. Um, was Ilya Labushkin playing with like uh, prank sticks tonight or something? Must have been. Dude was just breaking them left and right. I guess you wouldn't have it, seen Darty because you were listening, but yeah, it was like every shot he took, every time someone touched his stick, it would just break. Or it was every missing. Somebody was just gone. Yeah, yeah. But maybe, maybe he was playing. You, ever, you see that video? Uh, that kid? Maybe he was playing with that. The you know that expired stick that that kid was bending against the wall. <laughs> what? No, I didn't see this. <laughs> so it's a video going around where it's this. Uh, you know, this kid who obviously plays. Uh, you know, hockey, and uh, it's like when your parents tell you your stick's expiring tomorrow, and he's just bending the shit out of it so he can snap it. I guess. <laughs> oh my god, the warranty or whatever. Uh, no wonder yeah. sticks are so expensive. <laughs> okay, real quick. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. It was pretty good tonight. Take her away, Dirty. Okay, I'm just going to go with, uh, you know, bunting. Like To get the easy one is like the guy, not just tonight, he's just been on fire. He's been killing it. He's got the groove. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from, uh, you know, Marner and Matthews. But uh, I just, I'm just so happy with, with Michael Bunting. That's it. Yeah, I, I I can't deny that Michael Bunting has just been what is he nine seventy five k for the next two years. That's beautiful for the amount of production we're getting out of him. Not that I love to see people underpaid for what they're producing, 
in any other context except for in hockey where there's a salary cap. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only place where I'm like, yes, I'm glad you're underpaid for what you bring. Um, But yeah, it's great. Bean, what do you think? I'm going to go off the board and people probably think I'm crazy, but uh, I'm going to say Johnny T. That's a good one. That is good. It, it, he clearly didn't get a goal, but look, look at the assists. He had a couple assists tonight. The one on Sandman's goal was beautiful. Little no looker between the legs. Yep. Um, doing all the little things right. And even though he's ridiculously frustrated, he's not like taking stupid penalties or doing stupid plays. He's not being overly selfish to try to bump the slump. He's playing the way he's supposed to just maybe with a little more of an edge than normal. So I'm going to say Johnny T. Yeah, I mean, we did see him go through a bit of a streak there at the beginning of this where he was taking a couple of bad penalties, but that was that, I think he's shaken that side of the frustration off, and now it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to play how I was, and everything will come back. So I think we'll see that soon. Um, I have to give it to Peter Mrazek because I think he had some fantastic saves tonight. I don't think any of the three goals were his fault. Um, I think he played great against a team that, you know, if you're not careful, Ovechkin can score on you a couple times. So, um, also, I got to give a shout out to Matthews for that save mm-hmm. because, oh my God, that one should have gone in. <laughs> First period, Matthews just found one on the line and they were reviewing it because uh, it was the puck was upright and rolling. Hard to tell if it was all the way over or not, but it was not. So, thank you, Austin Matthews, for keeping the game at bay. And thank you, Matthews, for holding it. I think that is the closest you can get to it going one way or the other mm-hmm. oh yeah like there there was no no margin for error there like i know that the puck was in in 0304 and technically calgary should have won the cup over tampa that one was more obvious than this one yes i yeah. brought it up I, uh, yeah <laughs> i mean this one from the one angle it looked like it was in but as soon as they went over top it's like oh it didn't fully cross the line i don't yeah. think was it was it kippersoff who was in who was in net that back then yeah okay because i remember, the flames, I remember a story. Had a in for yeah <laughs> i remember a story um a good pal of mine uh i'm gonna name drop uh, rick Rowley. he's telling on his podcast that uh kippersoff came to a bar that he was uh, bartending at and he just <laughs> just went up to him and said i, w- I want to get so fucking drunk that i can't see <laughs> and, <laughs> and then uh while he was drunk uh you know Rowley was asking him um he's like hey uh you think you won and kipper says a hundred percent yeah hundred percent Oh, baby, that's a hot topic for debate. We'd have to we'll bring that clip up and watch it and we'll talk about it next time, because I think that's a that's a good one. Um, So I think we're going to play some uh, some belief or disbelief tonight. What do you guys think? That good? Sound Let's good? Let's do it. Do we have a theme music for that? Like, hey, believe it. I don't <laughs> believe it. I don't. I don't believe it. <laughs> you gotta have the music for everything i've got a bunch of new ones so belief or disbelief i'm gonna read you guys some leaf based takes and you're gonna tell me if you believe or disbelieve them so the first one up we'll start with you beaner um muzzin is getting a one-way ticket to robida island disbelief it's definitely Dis- disbelief um as we've been talking convenient. about this a lot in our chat yeah as convenient as that would be um 
he is definitely important to the team in the locker room. And I don't think you're going to replace that. Plus, you don't want to go into next year on LTIR from day one. Like, there's a there's a lot of risks involved with that, right? 100%. I get it. Darty, what do you think? Well, you know, I've heard, I feel like I've heard this question before. Um, <laughs> and, of course, like, I'm going to be the the homer on this one because like I was the one who posed this question and I, I just like, I don't know what it is. It's, you know, call me one of the TikTok generation, but I just feel like there's a vibe, like a really bad vibe right now. When, when I hear Muzzin's name, when I see Muzzin on the ice and I just think there's something bigger to this injury and maybe he's injured, maybe he isn't, you know, sometimes, you know, we're learning that hockey players injuries aren't all physical. There's a lot mental as well. And, uh, I just, I'm getting Joffrey Root Lupel vibes. Like, I love Joffrey Lupel. I had no issues with him. And it, like, came out of nowhere when, to me, at least, when he ended up getting sent to Robota Island. I was like, where the fuck did this guy go? What happened? Like, why is he not playing? Like, because he seemed like a perfectly decent hockey player. And I'm just, like I said, with Muzzin right now, like, I'm just getting those the vibes. Lupel loophole. <laughs> there you go. I said, with Muzzin right now, I'm just getting those vibes that, like, it's not like whether he doesn't want to play or whether there's, like, some lingering injury. It's just there seems to be something. Maybe his heart's not in it. Maybe, you know, maybe the city's getting to him, you know, you know, just like Freddie, right? Like, you know, Freddie's playing well. And then, you know, it's, it's just uh, sometimes I find it hard to explain myself on this, but uh, I'm just getting that vibe. That's all I got to say is I, I feel like he's going to Robot Island. <laughs> it, no, it, and I. Go Sorry, ahead, I was going to say it's a lot different vibes though. With Lupul, there was nothing. Nobody said anything. You didn't even hear his name ever. Right? Same Until with Robodoc. Until he posted they... from the ski hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm coming they, back. They literally, they literally disappeared. Muzzin, they're, they're constantly talking about him. I know because it's right now, but even at the time when Lupul was placed on Robodoc Island, they didn't talk about him. Nobody ever talked about him. But that might so be the difference between it, Lou and uh, Dubis, though, right? So that might be a yeah. dirty hot take. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you're you're probably not wrong either because Lou has a reputation of, you know, nothing gets out. And if it gets out, he's going to do the complete opposite just to make your take look stupid, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, as, as much as I hate to say it about a Hall of Fame general manager, I think Dubis is smarter than that he would find a way to do something cap wise or, you know, incentivize someone to take that contract and put on LTIR rather than just bury it. Right. It's, so it, yeah, it, that, it's a tough one. That's another interesting point is does he try to move the Muzzin contract as an LTIR benefit to another team that needs it? Cause that's something mm-hmm. that we haven't even touched on. Um, but my personal thought is I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, but I, I disbelieve on the, the definition that Robida Island is somewhere that we send players against their will to make them disappear. Uh, I think if Muzzin is held, like he, he's obviously been playing hurt. He's said that he hasn't been able to commit to, to the physical game and to checking the way that he did. Uh, so obviously something's been ailing him. And I think if he's able to spend a couple months off and, and recoup all of that, like, man, Muzzin at even 90%, like if he's been playing at 60, if they can get him back to 90% or 85 for the rest of the season, like I think they'll want him back. It's just 
what Pridham did with moving all this money around to get right up to the cap to get as much as they can. Like Dubas is still going to do something. I just don't think it's going to be, like you said, something that leads into next year because if Muzzin can play next year, they're going to want him. Because like if a little rundown on this kind of stuff, if they have to go into next year on LTIR and say Lilligren hits one of his signing bonuses, well, then the signing bonus can't go into LTIR. So then that signing bonus would have to be tacked onto the cap the following year. Oh, so it, it just, it creates a spiral effect, right? You don't want to, if you don't have to put yourself into that, you don't want to. Well, on the plus side, I think we might've saved a mill or two on Jack Campbell. So this is true. Um, belief or disbelief. Michael Bunting wins the Calder trophy. Darty, you can start this one. <laughs> I was listening to um, again the the um, the the sportscast or whatever of the uh, of Joe Joe Bowen, and uh, I think they were saying there was uh, there's always some confusion sometimes of whether being asked about winning the the Calder Trophy or the Calder Cup, which is a completely different thing. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, so as I was saying, uh, I was uh, I'm not sure if I told you this uh, on I think yeah, I was off air, but uh, Darty was at the gym, and you know. I'm not an old guy, but I'm starting to get, you know, I guess a little long in the tooth maybe these days. And uh, it's hanging out with some of the younger fellows and uh, they're talking hockey and they're just really chirping uh, Bunting for, uh, they're, they're, say, they're talking like he's older than me. Right? He's like, oh, Bunting's 40. He's going to win, uh, you know, rookie of the year. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not Tim No, he's not, he's not Sergey Makarov. I heard that name too. So he was 31, I think, right? That's the oldest. And he's the reason why they, uh, why they capped it at what, 26 or like this is the last year 26 27 but uh yeah it's t- it's totally reasonable like he's i said like he i picked him over Mrazic. i was i was impressed that you picked Mrazic as your uh, least player of the game i picked uh, bunting just because like so i look back at all these games and he's just he's such a he's such a boon to this team and it's crazy to think that like we kind of had a I just remember when the Raptors, when they picked up uh, Kawhi Leonard and they got uh, Danny Green and we're like, oh, who is this bum? You know, like, he's a cool guy, but like it's Danny Green, whatever. It's not he's not Kawhi Leonard. And <laughs> then he turned out to be, you know, an, a huge asset when when we needed him, along with obviously Leonard. And it's like I feel like Bunting is kind of that Danny Green kind of guy where it's like we didn't expect him to be that amazing. We're just happy that he's here. And then all of a sudden he turns into the like, you know everybody loves him. Like I don't think there's a single person out there who has a bad opinion of Michael Bunting. So, you know, good for him. If he wins, I totally, you know, it's hundred percent plausible, but uh, you know, I'm not going to anything can happen. Right. So I'm going to say disbelief, but I'm going to pansy my way out of it and hedge a little bit. Okay. So, okay. At this point in time, I say disbelief in my mind. It's, Moritz Sider's award to lose. Um, basically just because of the position. So if you look at the rookie scoring race, Bunting second with 40 points and Sider's fourth with 39. 41. Sorry, yes, 41 after tonight. Sider's a defenseman on one of the worst teams in the league. And he has 39 points, averaging 20 basically 23 minutes a game, 22, 56. And he's only a minus one to come in as a rookie defense and not even like a 24, 25 year old defenseman. He's 20 years old. 
Yeah, so no, I, I think I agree. It's his to lose. If if the points, this this is my hedge. If the points stay somewhat close, like say Bunting has 50 and Cider finishes with 40, it's going to be Cider. But if this top line can continue what they've done over the past month and Bunting goes off and has like a 20-point lead, then I, then I think it would be Bunting because I don't think any of the other forwards really have much of a leg to stand on. I mean, at this pace, Bunting's set for what, like 65 points if he keeps this up? Yeah, right around there. Like, I mean, I'm not looking at any calculations or anything, just kind of spitballing it, but it would be around, you know, between 60 and 70 points if he keeps this up. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think anybody voting is unfortunately going to take the age into account and the line he's playing on, and I think that'll be a disadvantage. So I would say disbelief just because of the circumstance, but I think he deserves it based on how he's been playing and the expectation that was on him and how uh, undervalued he was in Arizona. I think like they should take into account that he's been in the league a couple of years, not as a bad thing, but as like a positive, you know, that he wasn't given these chances. And now that he's playing the minutes, he's able to perform. So, but at the, at the same time, if you look at all the younger forwards who are still right around the same amount of, of like um, points as he has right now, Bunting only has like three or four points on the power play. Everything's so, even strength. That's good. <laughs> no, no, I I know. So it I don't think you can take the age, count the age against him, and not count the fact that everything he's doing is even strength as a major plus, right? Yeah, because the Leafs power play sucks. <laughs> I was, uh... <laughs> well, he's not on the first power play anyways. I was chuckling a little bit just because uh, I was having a jock moment, but I was thinking about it and I was like, um, why do I believe in this? Is that like, one, if whoever's voting on this, if they're a bunch of absolute beauties, they're voting bunting specifically because of his age and because, the, you know, the guy's amazing. But if the people are voting on it, are a bunch of geeks, a bunch of nerds, then of course they go with cider because like that, that guy's <laughs> he's 20 years old and he's just and he's a defenseman and he's killing it. Right. So um, because I believe that, like, you know, people in those positions are usually a bunch of nerds. No offense. It's just the truth. <laughs> I'm going with Beaner on this one now. Now that, you know, hindsight 2020, you know, whatever I I've listened to his point and you make a really good point that, like, you know, as a 20 year old defenseman on the shittiest team, uh, he's probably got the the heads up there. But. Come on, like Bunting's a beauty. And he lo- I said, I've been watching these games now and I did watch that Detroit game 10-7. I don't want to talk about it anymore, but still Bunting's just killing it. Like at his age, you know, he this is like this is just so cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And do we know is the Calder voting media or GMs? I believe it's some form of the media. G- as far as I know, I think GMs is pretty much only the Vesna yeah, I know they vote on the Vesna. I wasn't sure if there was other ones. So that the voting is conducted at the end of the regular season by members of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, and each individual yeah. voter ranks their top five candidates on a ten, seven, five, three, one point system. Three finalists are named, and the trophy is awarded at the NHL award ceremony after the playoffs. Wikipedia, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Dartopedia. So I think. I think he's got a good chance, but yeah, I agree. It's it's ciders to lose, but uh, Bunting definitely has a shot at it, and I would love to see him. I mean, he'll he'll be second or third in voting for sure. He'll be on people's cards. I just don't know if he'll be at the top. It's like uh, what do you call it? Um, the same kind of it's like Vladdy Junior Shohei Otani, right? Like 
everybody yeah. wanted Vladdy to win, but of course it's going to show, Hey, right. The guy's not only, yeah. you know, amazing and a once in a lifetime player, but uh, you know, it's, <laughs> but looking towards the future with bunting, if they can keep him around after this cheap deal is done, like if we even get Marchand light out of this, somebody who can score and who is an absolute menace to the other team, that is just something the Leafs have been missing. And to be able to get it, so cheaply from Arizona is just amazing. Is it nice to just have a rat on our team? <laughs> yes, it's so nice. The mosquito, the muzzy. Okay, so belief or disbelief? Leafs trade for Flower, Marc Andre Fleury. Beaner, you're up first. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go disbelief. The pause. If you could see fans of the show, if you could see the look on Bean's face, like you'd understand why I'm laughing. Like it's just (laughs) like he's 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 feeling the same way. I don't want to answer this question, right? Like it's just (laughs) as as much as I would love it. um, Initially, going way back to when he was drafted, I despised Marc Andre Fleury. I have no (laughs) rational reasoning for it. Like literally none whatsoever. It's the soul. It's not even a game. Well, I don't think so. It's not even the the gaff at the World Juniors, right, where he shot it at Patrick O'Sullivan and they tapped it in to lose the gold. I just, I, 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 for some unknown reason, I completely disliked him. But he's grown on me. He's an amazing player. He's had a great career, and he can still play. And I'd love to see him go to a contender. But I, I think the ask is with, too high, honestly. Not only the ask with how tight-knit this team is i don't i don't know if you want to go there to to basically tell jack hey we don't have any faith in you yeah i think the ripple effect of that through the rest of the team would just be too much yeah i I would rather spend if you're going to spend assets you know improve here and there a little bit more like as we said if muzzin's going to be out we need someone to fill those minutes that would be a better use of the assets than bringing in the flower yeah and especially after he was available for what is essentially a bag of hackerinen who yeah whatever his name was hackerinen who's a fifth round pick who's probably never going to play in the nhl uh now it's going to be like a first in prospects because chicago is in a position to ask for it because everybody needs goaltending yep Uh, Darty, what do you think? I'm not, I'm not answering this question. Is disbelief 100%? And I'm going to go. Okay. Um, thank you, Bean, for um, bringing up Jack Campbell. All right. All we need right now. So, the one thing I was uh, from watching these games, and uh, the one thing I really am not liking is like, you bring, bring me back to the last time I was on. We're talking Jack Fesna Campbell, right? The guy's amazing. The guy's just killing it. And now we're at a point where. I'm, this is this is dirty speaking directly to Jack Campbell is you got to You know, you got to put on a happy face, bud. This is I know this is tough. This is wild. This is crazy. But like you can't just get so mad all the time. Like you are an amazing player. And when I see you out there and you're just you're just looking so glum, looking so down the dumps, like, look, like Mrazic's not doing any better. I, I OK, maybe you can look at the points and call me out. But the way I'm seeing it with my own two eyes is that, you know, Mraz is going out there and getting dumped on, too. All right. It's you. You can't take all these like bad plays to heart. You know you had the, you had this that save with line A, and then you pulled that shit again um, a couple game games later, and it didn't work out for you. Fine, but at the same time, like you just you know, 
the, the pucks are going everywhere. You're not the only bad goal. You know, you're not the only goaltender on a bad streak right now. You just got to put on that happy face, bud, because we all love you. We're not running you out of town. If there anybody is, they can come to my driveway right now. I'll beat the shit out of them because Jack Campbell is a fucking legend. I'm so pissed that like any if anybody's out there is talking shit because I remember when we were looking at the, the Yahoo fantasy and I like, oh Jack Campbell's all done like you know the guy's washed up it's all over like shut the hell up okay like Jack Campbell we love you you were you were Tigger at the beginning of this year now you're kind of Eeyore we need to get you back to that happy go lucky <laughs> guy again okay because I'm, I'm sick and tired of seeing gloomy Jack Campbell like said put a smile on you know laugh at yourself every now and then because you're a fucking beauty. And thank you to Morazic, who's also just, you know, he's toughing it right now, too. You know, he's had some pretty rough games as well. Like, not all these wins are beautiful. These are some of them pretty dirty, like the, today's win. Um, I just want the boys to be, you know, don't be so hard on yourselves, right? We're we're not like the the Habs right now, 11 and 20 and some other bullshit. Like, we're, we're killing it. Oh, and there's been some crazy high-scoring games all over the league. Like, I mean, New Jersey just beat Vancouver 7-2. to two. And New yep. Jersey also lost seven to one to Vancouver or to Calgary the other night. So I mean, it's or Va- sorry, other way around. Calgary lost seven to one to Vancouver, and now Vancouver after their hot streak, right? So. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about oh, so it's the, the most the unknown hot streak of of all of hockey, and then they just get dumped on. <laughs> uh, just as I'm looking at Yahoo Fantasy here, Austin Matthews no shots on goal tonight, but five hits thrown alone by Austin Matthews. That is amazing because he's listening to Lee Slade. And uh, Darty, sorry, Johnny. Um, Jack Campbell's career save percentage is nine seventeen, and his save percentage on the season right now is nine seventeen. So everybody's—I'm not saying you were, but like everybody's losing their mind right now. But it, it had to level out. It was like a couple of years ago, Kadri's shooting percentage. He was shooting like what, like three percent or something ridiculous. Nothing was going in for him. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's as long as you're consistent and you're doing what you need to do it's going to level out what was jack the first part of the season like a 960 or 970 save percentage he was ridiculous well this is what we were saying is if you look it's going to level out the first half and the second half you take the average of that that is exactly where he should be it's just drastic highs and drastic lows but the average is still where you need it and that's kind of what matters i said you gotta look at like obviously your goaltender you're not like a chump like me like sitting around here know talking talking trash about all these teams but you know you know you got to look at the big picture that like this month has been a lot of run and gun a lot of loosey-goosey like everybody's getting dumped on these days like nobody's you know there's (laughs) I I don't know you said correct me if I'm wrong but there's it seems like there's very few shutouts it's uh you know there's not nearly as many there's definitely been more blowout games than there has been like you know three one two one whatever it's not oh yeah it's not 2007 hockey anymore this is like 2022 and it's you know the shooters are shooting and the the pucks are flying everywhere and you know people are running down goalies left right and center so just like yeah, if, you, right, if you feel bad call brian elliott all right that guy used to blow games like like every every weekend and yet he still plays in the nhl right so <laughs> fair enough okay uh last one we got to get to here uh belief or disbelief justin hall is sticking around past the trade deadline darty uh, I hope I freaking hope so. We need everybody we can get on defense right now. <laughs> like I'm loving Labushkin, and uh, you know, with Muzzin with Muzzin out, like I said, we're just gonna need to see what pairings uh really click, and uh, we know what's gonna what's gonna work to carry us to the to the promised lands, and then uh, maybe we'll see when Muzzin's back uh, if we can change it up. But 
would we want to really change it up uh, if things are firing all cylinders with our defensive pairings? No, fair enough. Uh, I mean, if if it, he keeps up with Brody, I don't think so. But Beaner, you take it first. I'm I'm gonna say disbelief. Um, just uh, I, I've been hurt too many times with Gardner and trying to give him the benefit of the doubt when he started to play better and looked like he was gonna do well, and then just yeah. collapse in the playoffs. I we saw it last year. As as much as he's been playing better since his healthy scratch, I. I still think that he's basically just upping his trade value. Fair. And I mean, if he can re-sign for more than two mil somewhere else and prove that, you know, he can play a bit more and somebody's willing to give him that chance, I mean, go for it, bud. What do you think we're going to get for this trade though? Like what's the ideal goal? Well, I think they could get uh, like picks. Like, I mean, cap space. (laughs) No, I think it would be part of moving somebody for a left-handed D because he only makes two mil. And I think if you're going to move somebody, like if you're putting Muzzin on LTIR, it just gives you more to play with without having to, you know, like Bean was talking about, kind of bend over backwards when Muzzin comes back. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be weird to see. Uh, Also, Darty Lukeman says, welcome back. Uh, What have you been doing? Um, you know, Darty, you know, he's got to, he's got to play the, uh, Gandalf and keep his secrets, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have been, I have been very busy on, on unrelated, on, on hockey related, uh, things. And then also, I'm not, you know, to any of those who actually do follow me, you know, I love my loyal fans. I don't know if I have any, but <laughs> if I do oh, out, out there listening, um, uh, I have been trying to get back in the meme game as well. It's just, uh, these kids out there, they're quick. Like I'm, I'll, I'll hear something and all of a sudden like it's already out of date. So like I'm constantly going through, I have so many pictures of things that aren't related to my life. Like I'll try to, like someone asked me like, do you have a picture of your, your um, ID? Because of course you need your ID in Ontario to, to go to like restaurants and stuff with your, um, with your vaccine passport and Darty's sometimes lazy and forgets his wallet. And I was like, <laughs> God damn it. Where does this freaking picture? And instead it's just all memes and like half of them I don't even use. <laughs> so, so you know, I'm just, I'm I'm struggling a little bit. It's uh, you know, real life versus our uh, our alter egos here. I'm sure you guys have felt it too. You know, we definitely miss Sadi. I want to say that like uh, it would be nice to have Sadi here and and Steph the fanalist. And you know, I've been listening to the other. Um, that's another thing too. I had to catch up on all Leafs Le- 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 Leafs late night. All right, I'm not nearly as good of a fan as the rest of you, and we love you so much. But I had to listen, catch up Leafs late night, and let me tell you, you guys are hilarious. I'm talking to you, Bean. I'm talking to you, Johnny. I'm talking to you, Steph, and uh, all of the other fans. Uh, is it Sarah from Australia or New Zealand? I don't want to get it wrong. Oh, don't say New Zealand. No, so she's not. She's not a Kiwi. She's an Aussie. Okay, so no, she's she'll, she'll call you out if you if you call her a Kiwi. All right, so I guess I can't come on when Sarah's on because I'm gonna get in a lot of trouble. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, she was amazing too. It's like it's I I love all of you and uh, yeah, I'm just just add some things, some stuff and some things. Hey, we're glad to hear that you know you've got stuff going on and keeping busy, and that your life isn't just hockey memes. <laughs> and oh, I also just want—I know you pointed out a couple episodes ago. I really appreciate it. I also found the love of my life, so you know I'm very happy with that too. So that took a lot of time <laughs> as well to sort out. All right, you know, relationships. Yeah, I wasn't are sure. Tough. <laughs> I, w- I wasn't sure how much you wanted to cross those over, but congrats, buddy. We're, we're happy for you. <laughs> It takes a lot of love and effort to uh, find the right person and make sure that those things stick. All right. And I uh, hope all you beauties out there uh, find someone that you really care about as well. 
And uh, if you don't have someone you care about, Jack Campbell needs a couple hugs. So if you see him, give him a hug too for me, okay? Because we love you, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so with that, we're just going to get to a couple little quick news things before we sign off here tonight. Uh, Did you guys see Manitoba Moose, Jeff Malott, with his uh, celly in the shootout there? (laughs) I did not. Yes. So for anybody who missed this, Manitoba Moose were in a shootout. And uh, forward and I believe Captain Jeff Malott, I might be mistaken. I might have seen a C on his jersey, but I'm not familiar. Anyway, so Malat comes in with a game winner in the shootout and expressionless just walks towards the gate and they open the door for him and he walks off the ice while everybody's cheering. Just just walks off. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was actually pretty, pretty well done. I don't know if you could have planned it any better. Just it, it was it was pretty neat. Just skated right to the door. Just nope. All right, we won. Let's go next. It was pretty good. Um, also, the Blackhawks hired their after. OK, this is a whole thing. I should preface this a bit. Blackhawks uh, after Stan Bowman resigned slash was fired slash whatever the hell you want to call it. Stan GM, Bowman was the one who had like the the, the that, that rant or whatever. We're not talking about it. We're over it. Oh, no, that's that was wrong. No, that was worse. the owner. Oh, even worse. Jeez. So um, after the fallout of the Kyle Beach um, scandal, Stan Bowman stepped down. And they promoted Kyle Davidson to interim GM. And then the Blackhawks went on this huge PR stint to try to distract from the Kyle Beach thing by saying they were interviewing all these different people from outside of hockey. They were interviewing um, uh, the VP of the Raptors. Uh, they were interviewing a bunch of different, um, like, it, they they were going... When I say they were going outside of hockey, I'm not exaggerating. Like mm-hmm. it was anybody that would get them a headline to say like, oh, they're considering this person or, you know, they were asking female players and executives. They were just to, anything to get a headline that looked better than what was going on with Rocky Wirtz at the time. They were even considering Roscoe at one point. They were. I did get a call. <laughs> um, Eddie Olchuk was even rumored for it. Like that would have been the best choice. Right. Eddie O'Neill needs to be in that position. Instead, uh, after all of this search, uh, they decide to just hire the interim GM to full-time GM. So Kyle Davidson, congrats, but uh, they used you for a bit of a PR dance. They could have just hired you four months ago. Absolutely. That's a bit ridiculous. The Blackhawks continue to uh, show that Arizona might not be the worst managed team in the league. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay, so and finally, um, just uh, hmm, Russia and Ukraine news. The Jets open tonight against the Habs by playing the Ukrainian national anthem, which I thought was pretty nice. And, There's a lot of Ukrainian um, history out in that area, right? So, yeah, and I was watching SNL on Saturday, and they did um, their cold open was just the New York Ukrainian choir that was uh, singing. So, lots of lots of that going on around, which is great to see. Got a, but, uh, no, go. Oh, sorry. Got a couple random this day in hockey history tidbits. Oh, do you want to save those for after I talk about something a little sure. not so yep. light? Okay. Um, so just further to that. So the NHL announced some uh, changes based on what's going on with Russia. So they have finally condemned what's going on. Um, they Here's the actual statement. The National Hockey League 
condemns Russia's invasion of Ukraine and urges peaceful resolution as quickly as possible. Effective immediately, we are suspending our relationships with our business partners in Russia. We are pausing our Russian language social media and digital media sites. In addition, we are discontinuing any consideration of Russia as location for any future competitions involving the NHL. We also remain concerned about the well-being of players from Russia who play in the NHL on behalf of other NHL clubs, uh, not on behalf of Russia. We understand that they are and their families are being placed in an extremely difficult position. Holy moly. Which is not so as harsh FIFA... as what uh, Dominic Hasek was saying, but I was making it like to take a very serious topic and have a little sprinkle a little bit of humor here. I was talking with the Beaner earlier and we were saying that I was telling him that, uh, you know, Hasek was saying, oh, we I, all Russian players have to, you know, they must be, uh, you know, excommunicated from the game until this is sorted out. And I was saying, you know, Wayne Gretzky must love that because like if Ovi doesn't get to play, then he can't break his record. Right. So, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were talking about that on Overdrive. How if you were anybody who has a record, it doesn't matter. You don't want to see anyone break that. Like, Wayne Gretzky's not happy that Ovi's going to break his record. He can be like, oh, no, it's cool that he's getting close to it and playing well. I don't want him to break it, though, because that's just human nature. You want something to live on after you do. I don't know. The guy's got more assists than any other player has total points. So I think I think he's going to be remembered in the record books. Um, while Fair we're enough. on the while we're on the topic of overseas, um, the IHF banning Russia and Belarus from all ages in international competition. Yeah, which is really, um, I mean, that affects uh, Matevi Michkov, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've like, I, okay. It's, it's unfortunate that all these players have to suffer for what their dumbass dictator of a leader is doing, but man, like, I've played through simulations a couple of years from now in those games. Like Mitchkov ends up as like a legendary player. So just for for something like this to to just change the course of your professional career is just unfortunate. But Bedard and Mitchkov are going to be the next Crosby Ovechkin. Oh, hundred percent. Bat- battling it out like it's Mitchkov is ridiculous, and some people are probably looking at this like, oh, well, it's just hockey, you know, boohoo. But it it's like. Russia is as crazy about hockey as we are. Like, maybe not to the business people, but to the actual country itself, to national pride, to the way that people over there think and and even just live. This is a big deal and it's a huge blow. Yeah. I mean, it's the only other league where you can make a living really playing hockey. Like, you're talking millions of dollars for the top players. It's not like... You know, it's not CFL money we're talking here. It's not like junior leagues. That's, this is this is a professional league outside of North America. So it's it's a huge blow. I mean, they've lost two of their teams now. Um, again, I just, I mean, all of this being said, um, we just hope that every, if anybody has family in Ukraine or in Russia or anything that is being affected by this, we are deeply sorry and hope that uh, things are resolved sooner than later. Um, we just, you know, this is a hockey podcast, so we're going to cover the no, you have, but you have ramifications support, right? like, on the sports. You know, make love, not war, right? And the thing is, like, of course, Russia's getting going to get canceled because, like, we, we got to do everything we can without putting boots on the ground, right? Like, if we, if exactly, God forbid that, like, you know, taking them out of FIFA is what stops this war. Hell, I'll take that. All right, but um, 
you know, Russia, they love it's you, we're talking, you say they, they love their sports, right? They're still getting caught for doping. Okay. Like these, these guys obviously are passionate, like for their freaking sports. All right. So, you know, yeah, winning matters, winning matters them. and, you know, not being able to play like that's like the, one of the worst possible feelings uh, I've, I've never experienced it, but I, you know, I'm happy to have played every single game that I ever of any sport that I ever got to play. Okay. If I miss out on any games as a kid because of my own foolishness, you know, maybe I you know, was playing hooky or whatever. Like I regret that. So just these kids not being able to play because they're freaking dictator is, uh, you know, screwing things around overseas right now. Um, I'm sure that hurts. The only benefit I can see from this right now is to Kyle Dubas. He's like, okay, great. A couple more years where Rodi and Amirov can have some time off because, you know, it's his, these leagues are not going to play. So he can actually, you know, actually settle down without his uh, career not looking so uh, drastic. Right. Yeah. I hope he's okay too, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's going to be weird. There's some other updates about um, next year with Russian players and, and things. So, Hopefully this all gets resolved sooner than later because this is getting messy. But it's like we talked about on the last show. It's about turning everybody around to him and blaming him personally for this. And it's about separating citizens from a government. So and does Ovi still have a picture of him and Putin on his Instagram? Because if he yeah. does, like, come on, he get does. your shit in order, bud. Yeah, he I mean, I talked about this last episode. He's put himself in a position where it's it's dangerous for him to speak out now because he's gotten himself so close with him. Like, I mean, he's fair game to be asked about it because he's put himself right beside him like this. But at the same time, he's now endangered everybody around him. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it can't be easy for him. And you can see he was frustrated at the end of the game. I'm sure this is very distracting for him personally. I mean, he was not Ovi tonight. Like, I mean, there was a couple times where he was in the spot, but... I mean, I noticed other players a lot more than him tonight. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's got to be weighing on him. Anyway, um, let's finish it off with something light. This day in hockey history. 1906. Holy. Stanley Cup between Ottawa HC, so the Ottawa Hockey Club, beats Queen's University. What? 12-7 for a 2 nothing sweep of the Challenge Series back before the NHL held the sole rights for the Stanley Cup. 1906. Were they still playing with a rover back then? Like six players on the ice? I, I think it was a cow patty. Wait, so I'm sorry. Queen's <laughs> University was playing for the Stanley Cup? Yes. So like, I remember hearing about this, that like other leagues could play for it. Well, it was initially donated by Lord Stanley as a trophy for amateur hockey. Oh. And it just, it became basically, okay, the best teams in the country are going to play for it. And then just the best teams in hockey are going to play for it. And then the NHL was like, nah, it's ours. Hmm. Interesting. So so you you go way back and some of the names that are on the cup are are pretty, pretty incredible. Like, wow, hey, that is you, you have the Ottawa Senators on there. Not this Ottawa Senators. No, 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 no. They disappeared for about 70 years, but So does does this Ottawa Senators they still claim those historic uh um titles or no? They have the uh the banners and the rafters, yeah. As they should, right? Like I I'm No, they shouldn't. Absolutely if not. You, you know what? If you're well, then loses then the Leafs team. should take down the arenas and St. Pat's yeah. numbers and things. Like, They're the same team, though. Yeah, but 
are, this are they is, though? Is, you know, the teachers union and all. <laughs> like, is it <laughs> is it the same team? It not is it not the same team? The way that this the Ottawa Senators coming back like seventy years later isn't the same team. I'm not the way I look at it because that like the Senators literally disappeared. Like Fair. the the team disappeared. This the Maple Leafs have been the same whether they went through a name change or whatever. They've been the same team right from. 19, the, the beginning of the NHL, 1917, right up till now. Okay, what about the Winnipeg Jets? Well, they never won the cup. No, but like if, would they fall under, if there was anything that, any records the Winnipeg Jets had before and then coming back now, would you count those as being part of the same Winnipeg Jets organization? Technically, no, because they're part of the Coyotes organization. So that's how you would track it. It would be, it wouldn't be, as confusing and as yes as confusing and as upsetting as it is it's like that that, that's how it is right atlanta thrashers not coyotes no no sorry the original jets are the coyotes that's what i was getting at so like if you're talking about dale howarchuk any of dale howarchuk's records from when he was at the jets is technically a coyote record right and even if you're watching a Jets broadcast, they'll talk about that. They'll say, well, in Jets history, you know, the first iteration of them is this and then this one. So they, they recognize it and they remember it, but they know it's not the same. So so if you were a Jets fan, historically, um, an Atlanta Thrashers player is more of a, a Jets player than an old Jets player before they became Arizona. From a like statistical... Ilya, Ilya Kovalchuk is more of a Winnipeg Jet than, say, I don't know, anybody from... Oh, I... What? Like Dale Howardchuk or Keith Tuchuk or... Yeah. No, I, I highly doubt any Jets fan thinks like that. There's no way they think like that. Yeah. But if you look at it as like a general league view from the way I try to look at it, as unbiased as I can be, in, in my mind, right, like... Yeah, fair. I mean, that's where the draft picks went through. That's where the trades were affected. I mean, that's that's fair. I get it. I think I remember, and this was more football related, that when the Cleveland Browns, I believe, were bought and moved, the city itself uh, fought so that like their historical records still stayed with the eventual Cleveland Browns. So um, huh. um, for that reason, I'm sure... Because when your team gets moves to somewhere else, those records move with them, right? So yeah, they they, they still hold whatever records they had um, pre being bought by. I think they became. An, uh, I gotta see who. I, but yeah, it's like one of those things, right? Like where you know, if it, again, if a team moves, then those records move with them. But uh, but what is it? So I was looking. At, there's a lot of teams like in hockey um, from your, you know that 1906 era or whatever that uh, have won Stanley Cups, right? Such as the Seattle Metropolitans. So yep. are the Kraken, I'm not sure, are they taking those titles as well? Or are they like historically nope. hold? They, they should. Uh, if I was a Kraken they're, fan, I would take those titles 100%. <laughs> re- city. They're recognizing the history. Like they're recognizing the history and they're paying, paying respect to it, but they're not claiming it as their own, which is the way I think you should look at it. That's See, that's a whole other thing because they're an expansion team they're not a relocation man i this wasn't even written anywhere in our notes and this is a very interesting (laughs) discussion i love this Um, like the Quebec one too yeah but then like but they were also the hamilton tigers what how do you know this (laughs) 
<laughs> because I have no life, or I didn't Open before I got married. Open a freaking history book, Roscoe. <laughs> Yeah. Remember when I was remember when I was crapping on nerds earlier? Like, okay, I guess I guess I am one, all right. <laughs> and the Detroit uh, Ro- the Detroit Red Wings were originally the Detroit Cougars, and hey yo, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, so Johnny, how would you if you're looking at it as city? Do you then count championships won by the Montreal Wanderers with the Montreal Canadiens? Fair enough. I, okay, I get your point. Two separate teams, right? Yeah. Fair enough. It just happens to be that they have the same name because they're paying homage to the old one. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now you come on. They're politicians. They're not going to come up with anything new. That's fair. Okay. So next game is Wednesday, seven thirty against Buffalo. There's one one more little this day in hockey history. (gasps) Not that it's important, but no, we want to know. I actually really want to (laughs) know. Twelve years ago, where were you when? you heard Iggy, Iggy. Oh, man. Golden goal. Oh, the golden goal. Yeah. Um, 12 years ago, I was in grade 10. God, you make me feel old. We were, I'm sorry. I didn't realize we were the same age. 94? 94. Hey, hey yo. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I don't remember where I was watching this. I was probably watching it at home, though. Just, I was you know. I was down at my buddy's place in St. Catharines and stressed out of my mind. I was talking to Bean about how, like, obviously, you know, Darty Brodeur, I stole my name because of my, uh, you know, the living legend himself, Martin Brodeur. And uh, so at that time, you know, still playing, following the, the Devils a lot. So I had a lot of uh, love for Zach Parise because he was an absolute beauty on that team. And then when he got that goal, I was like, God god damn it not now <laughs> as soon as he as soon as he scored for usa i was like oh man it looks like it's all over for for the uh for the for, the, for canada i was gonna say the leafs but <laughs> yeah it's all over for team that's canada that's okay zach parise will be uh haunting the minnesota wild for the next six seasons i think against their cap so and he came back to the anyways right soft. So. oh god uncle Lou. So all fe- right future edmonton oiler jake debrusque just scored a hat trick against the kings Oh, are you kidding? I was going to pick him up. Damn it. <laughs> I grabbed Nico Heischer instead, who got two assists and a power play point. So that's decent. He was such a little and rat when he played against us in that uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, too. And, like, man, like, the, you, you had to know that him being related to Louis, Louis DeBrus definitely gave him better calls because, like, and it's a sign of sure, right? Yeah. They're only 53 seconds into the second period. What? I, oh my god! I can't believe I didn't grab him. Wait, so this is a natural hat trick? Like all three goals? No, the first two were in. Well, yes, sorry, he got all three, but uh, the first two were in the first period, and then he just scored to start the second. Nice. Yeah, that sucks. I was staring at him, and I was like, you know what? He's he scored the last couple of games, and everyone was like, no, he moved down. He's not on the first line anymore. And he scores a hat trick, of course. But Boston um, still sucks, th- right? Like, is that what we're? going with like <laughs> yeah did anybody notice that uh philip deno has 30 points on the season already 15 goals and 15 assists after so, having five goals last year and being touted as being like an amazing defensive forward and now he has 15 goals it's that pizza just you know out there in los angeles so. and now he's reunited with uh mark bergevin so they can be happy together out in LA. Out in Muscle Beach. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so <laughs> Buffalo Wednesday. What's the score prediction? Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner. And Who's Alex the second Tuck. guy you said? Jeff Skinner. I heard Alex um, Skinner. I was like, who the hell is Alex Skinner? <laughs> no, no, no. You said the name right. I was just being an ass to Skinner because he's been uh, invisible for the past couple years. Hey, he was fantasy valuable for like two weeks. I picked him up. He's got like twenty something goals this year. Yeah, he's he's starting to come back a little bit. Yeah, who Alex knew? Tuck has been uh, has been re uh, reviving those two. And who knew Tage, Tage Thompson was this good? He there was a lot of a lot of hype about him coming out of out of junior and that was supposed to be one of the big pieces coming back in the O'Reilly trade right so as much as I hate the Sabres it is kind of nice to see him succeed a little bit so that's where it came from was from the O'Reilly trade all right Tage Thompson who's a 22 goals 18 assists and minus 13 this season (laughs) it's impressive it's impressive to do that well on a shitey Buffalo team yeah so, before I uh, slam Buffalo anymore, what do you think the score is going to be? Trap game. I'm assuming Campbell will be in net. I hope not. Not because I don't like him, just because I think you keep Mrazek in. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah, it's not going to be after two games of Mrazek. Give Jake, uh, give Jake a little more of, of a rest, a little more of a reset. That's, or that's Jack, sorry, not Jake. That's why I said that. Like, I have no problem. I love Jack Campbell. I, I don't want to go on my rant again. Just give him the rest. Take the day off. It's not because we don't love you. Just take the night off. Put some. Put someone. We're paying Morazic what three something. Might as well, you know, get our money's worth this season. He's been injured a lot, so I'm gonna say three two. Buffalo pulls the goalie. Leafs win it four two. Two one. Two one. You think it's gonna be that low, eh? Yeah. After uh, the Leafs scored, what is that? Fifteen goals in two games. <laughs> I'm going to say that the Buffalo is going to win, not because, like, you know, I hate the Leafs, obviously. <laughs> I'm only saying Buffalo is going to win because I just don't think that the Leafs can hold this three-game win streak the way that they've been – the inconsistencies that I've watched over the past five games, um, they may come back to haunt them, and they have, they have some work that they've got to figure out. And, uh, hey, if the, if the Jet – you know, if the – cylinders are firing then they could easily blow out the sabers but i just feel like this is a trap game and this will be one where you know just like montreal like what the f- like i put wtf like tabernacle like how the hell did that happen i just like i, I wrote that game off in my head because something like, doesn't make any sense so i feel like there's always a chance that something you know the leafs love taking fat greasy l's you know for absolutely no reason so sabers are one of the teams that matthews normally plays well against well, let's hope he keeps it up. All right, we got to sign off. Uh, before I do here, uh, you guys need to watch this save that Jonathan Quick just made in this uh, Boston game. Absolutely incredible. He uh, kicked it while flipping backwards on his back. So go check that out. We are Leafs Late Night. This is Darty Bro Dirt. Go follow him on all the things for all the hockey memes. This is Justin Bean, Beaner. Follow him on Twitter. Follow us. Follow Steph. We'll see her back next episode. And. Uh take on buffalo follow luke man (laughs) and luke man too thanks for coming on last time follow us on twitter and instagram at leafs late night your night of post-game podcast available after every game on youtube spotify apple podcasts audible and more and follow me on wattpad for my jack campbell fanfic (laughs) I <laughs> don't...